Bizzle. Called the Jesse James. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzle cast, you beautiful people, welcome to the Bizzle's State of the MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, podcast. Flying solo tonight, but wanted to share some of my thoughts now that I've had some time to digest and have hindsight and uh, a retrospective attitude from the final Avengers movie, um, Endgame, which of course ended the first three phases of this 11 years, starting with Iron Man of this Marvel Cinematic Universe with two dozen movies. Uh, But those three phases was really one giant uh, story, or we'll call it an era. And that was Interphase 4, or the second era of the MCU with characters like Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, and the Black Panther Wakanda crew um, uh, as the sort of central characters moving forward. They're saying they're not going to call them Avengers. Right. We'll see about that. Um, And with Jessica Jones Season 3 almost out, which will end the run of uh, Marvel shows on Netflix. Um, I've long held that this notion that they're canceling all these shows because they have to leave Netflix is nonsense. I don't know if there'll be Daredevil Season 4. I don't think Luke Cage... Uh, Iron Fist is on an upward trajectory, but I don't know if it's good enough enough people watch it. But Jessica Jones, unless season three is horrible and, p- and people fall all- completely off after a very uneven, to say the least, season two, uh, you know, that could certainly happen. But if it's decent and people still love JJ and Kristen Ritter, I'd be shocked if they don't do another season or more um, on Hulu, which is sort of going to be their rated R slash adult Disney content. So with all this happening all around the same time, uh, the, you know, the big question is what is next? And I, I don't want to spend too much time um, on looking back on the MCU, I will say uh, after the trio, which came out in a row of Captain America, the Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014 and then Avengers Age of Ultron, which I love in early 2015, right? That's when I started my podcast. It's sort of why along with the return of Star Wars, I started my podcast. But since then, even Captain America Civil War, and I like all the Captain America movies. I love the Winter Soldier, but I like a lot all the Captain America movies. I pretty much love all four Avengers movies, even though two were Joss Whedon and two were the Russos. Um, Nevertheless, I love the team-ups and they've done a a great, great, great job of them overall. Um, But outside Avengers, uh, Captain America trilogy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, um, I haven't loved Ant-Man even though I love Paul Rudd. I haven't loved, I didn't love Spider-Man. I mean, I couldn't even get through Spider-Man Homecoming. I disliked it so much, even though I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man in the Avengers movies and Civil War where he was introduced. He's fantastic. He's the best Spider-Man already. I can't wait for the new one with Jake Gyllenhaal as, I guess, the bad guy, Mysterio. Um, But, uh, so, you know, I didn't, I really didn't love Doctor Strange. I really didn't like Guardians uh, 2. I was very disappointed by a lot of Thor Ragnarok, uh, um, even though it had some great things, with Taika Waititi directing, you know, a giant cosmic um, but bizarrely humorous Thor movie, it didn't quite live up after uh, Taika Waititi's Hunt for the Wilder People to uh, the, the level of awesomeness and hilarity that I was hoping for with inconsistency in the writing. Basically, what I'm saying is, outside of Avengers, Captain America, and Guardians 1, and of course Black Panther, I really have not been crazy about the movies, and I've been asked um, <clears throat> to rank either on the Bizzlecast page or on, you know, just uh, at Friendly from a number of people to rank my MCU movies. Part of the problem is there's so many of them, but after those, I think, nine movies that I mentioned, there's really none, I guess Thor 1, which most people don't like for some reason. I love Thor 1. I mean, 
mean, Thor on Earth with Natalie Portman and, and her crew, forget about it. It's hilarious and so sweet um, and, and funny and, and well done with Kenneth Branagh. So Thor would round out the top 10. I don't know how I would rank the top 10 other than the Avengers and Captain America Winter Soldier at the top. Um, you know, I have, I have Avengers 1 and 2 and Cap Winter Soldier as sort of my easily my top 3. I don't know the order. It depends on my mood, I suppose. Um, but uh, I dare you to find another uh, nerd Marvel podcaster uh, or any nerd podcaster who has Age of Ultra in their top three, but I do. Um, it would probably be third, but it's still in my top three. So after those ten movies I named, I can't really rank the other movies because there's so many and I just didn't love any of them. Um, and so with Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man, none of which I really liked those movies whatsoever, I guess Captain Marvel was the best experience just because it was novel and, you know, when she did reach full superpowers at the end, it was pretty a great finale. Uh, the, you know, the Doctor Strange time loop finale with Dormammu was very clever and in retrospect, you know, kind of the, one of the, you know, only deep metaphysical things Marvel's really tried, including the time travel, which was absurd in, in Endgame, spoiler alert. Um, and I will say, Endgame it was a great first movie watching experience and it's not that it was three hours, but on the second watching, I just started to see the holes and uh, and problems with writing and pacing, even though it was mostly great dialogue and the actors, of course, are spectacular individually and with each other. It's definitely the most flawed Avengers movies. I'd probably rank the Avengers movies in descending order, but it's not a major fall down from one to two to three to four. It's not a major drop on any of them. That's just sort of, you know, how the cookie crumbles. And Avengers 1 is just so classic, you just ignore the flaws and the bad CGI because it's just you know almost a perfect movie certainly within the genre so while i'm excited for black panther 2 i am curious about spider-man 2 captain marvel 2 and doctor strange 2 i'm just not sure about it and the bottom line is the main reason i'm doing this podcast tonight is because it seems pretty i'm not going to say confirmed uh, uh but it seems almost confirmed very likely that scarlett johansson is already filming black widow overseas for a 2020 next year release which is unbelievable now i've long talked about that i thought this would happen and that it didn't have to be super high budget or a very long shoot it could be more like a deadpool size movie Maybe a little bit higher budget, but more of a spy thriller like Winter Soldier, but without the giant's, you know, special effects that drive up the budget so much. Just have it be a character based, you know, low key assassin story, uh, origin story of, of Black Widow. Obviously, it's an origin story now. I wasn't sure based on before I saw Endgame, but spoiler, she's dead, at least for now in the MCU. Um, uh, and so let's put it this way. <laughs> I don't know if they had always planned on fast-tracking Black Widow to keep the hardcore fans, uh, the original fans of the old Avengers movies, of Cap Winter Soldier, of those movies I named, sort of the older guys, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy guys, uh, you know, like as I always joke, I have Rogue One in the original trilogy at the top, and then after that, uh, other than Force Awakens, which I love, I'm not so sure about the other ones, but uh, you know, to keep us OG fans who have a similar um, uh, concern about characters like uh, Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel for some different and some similar reasons, even if we're pumped about Black Panther and eventual team-up and maybe Spider-Man 2 uh, or this round of Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man um, Far From Home um, with Jake Gyllenhaal and a great Tom Holland as Spider-Man, maybe that will also get things going. I guess that's technically the beginning of Phase 4, but it seems more like a postscript because of, you know, Happy's in it and there's all the talk about you know Iron Man being dead and so spoiler alert, and so 
studio Spidey has to fill some of that gap, some of that hole. That's why he's leaving New York, at least partially, for this movie to show that he can, you know, be a superhero overseas, which you don't have to do in the comics. You just keep it in New York, like Daredevil. But with a with a character like Spider Man, it will be fun to take him out of New York for once and see if he can compete with the the big guns without his awesome team around him. Uh, that's either partially dead or just split up or just wounded at this point. But Black Widow is definitely going back in time, and so this is going to be the Rogue One of Marvel. Mark my words. It's going to be the prequel that some people want, some people don't necessarily want, and some people aren't sure about, and some people aren't even going to know about because they're going to keep this under wraps. Because, again, I don't know if they planned on fast-tracking it or, you know, with the end of Avengers, they're like, shit, we need to keep people. Thor movie's not happening for a few more years. Like, let's do Scott Johansson. I don't know if fast-tracking in, uh, to 2020 was always the plan. However, I will say, you know, the, usually movies wrap 6 to 12 months. Uh, let's put it this way. Often movies wrap 6 to 12 months in terms of the shooting before release, but they filmed the Avengers 3 and 4 basically back-to-back, and I think Scarlet was probably done her stuff like over a year ago, like a year and a half ago or so. So, you know, that means that she knew exactly how much time off she needed. She got married. She got hitched, which is always a good sign for actors at this age, you know, settled down. She's always been very settled and grounded, obviously, and they trust her, and she's a clear box office. I mean, you know, Ghost in the Shell didn't do amazingly. It still made okay money with lack of interest and bad reviews. Lucy, which got some good reviews and some people like, or people like me, like part of Lucy, uh, made a ton of money. So Scarlett Johansson in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we love, as Black Widow, who we love, and we love Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, this is a no-brainer. And um, so, so I, you know, I don't know if this... I, I would have expected that this would happen after she t- took a few years off in the sort of the middle of Phase 4, not be one of the first two or, one or two movies. Um, but at the same time, I think she realizes like Marvel and there have been on the same page mostly from the beginning certainly from Avengers in 2012 uh, when she became so lovable as Black Widow uh, after a token appearance in Iron Man 2 um, I think her and Marvel uh, you know Kevin Feige and the people at the, who run the Marvel Cinematic Universe at Marvel Studios realize they should get, get it while the iron's hot not so much because people would lose interest in Black Widow if anything waiting a few years like the Star Wars people are taking a few years off of movies which makes us very unhappy in some ways but in some ways you know Star Wars recalibrating after doing kind and arguably too many movies in a short amount of time, uh, people are going to be that much more excited in 2022 when the Game of Thrones guys release their first uh, attempt at a epic Star Wars film, whatever it is, wherever it takes place, whenever it takes place. Uh, so I think in some ways interest would go up, especially if Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Second Efforts, etc., all of them or some of them are, were lackluster, people weren't excited, then you drop the Black Widow uh, prequel movie and everyone's pumped. So in some ways, you know, uh, people are ready to grieve for Natasha for a while, but I think overall in the balance of the equation, this is the right move. After Spider-Man sort of does cleanup duty and sort of as a postscript to the insanity of Infinity War and Endgame, and they deal with it on more of a human level, which will be great um, and, may, and make it much more interesting and adult, which was my problem with Homecoming, was it felt like a bad breakfast club with uh, Spider-Man in it. Great cast, just really uh, I don't know, uh, overly... Uh, um, uh, you know, trying too hard to be an 80s teen movie, but modern day was Spider-Man movie, whatever. Um, I think this next one's going to be great. And, and But, you know, I, I think this is the right move and shows her devotion to the MCU. It shows her devotion to her craft. It shows that she realizes how awesome Black Widow is. Um, but mostly, uh, you know, this was a great... Um, 
uh, just sign about her career because Scarlett Johansson is going to be able to get whatever role she wants. She's always been able to get whatever role she wants. She's Scarlett Johansson. She's an unbelievable actress, um, and, and she's so solid. She never puts in a bad performance, even when movies are problematic. None of her movies are downright terrible. I don't know if I've seen a terrible Scarlett Johansson movie. Now, maybe there are some that I just never heard of because no one saw them, and they're not on Netflix because no one cares. But I've never seen even the Eric Abana Henry VIII movie with Natalie Portman was watchable. You know, all her assassin movies. I actually thought Ghost in the Shell was pretty decent and pretty loyal to the source material. Side note, the people, the guy, Shiro Misume, or whatever, I can't pronounce his name, who created Ghost in the Shell gave two thumbs up to the movie. So, you know, he thought it was loyal to his own material, at least, which is the opposite of most comic book writers, like uh, Alan Moore, who hate his hate the movies that are made from his material, uh, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but, you know. The fact that she's doing Black Widow now, I think she's ready to move on. She, like, she wants to make the movie. It seemed inevitable. Everybody wants it, um, especially if it's a more adult movie. This might be their first rated R movie. It's possible. I mean, they have Deadpool now, so technically they own Marvel movies that are rated R in Deadpool and Logan and Deadpool 2. Now, they haven't worked it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they're already trying to via Spider-Man 3, I- I've heard, or some other things, getting Deadpool in there. And then the X-Men will cross over with either this cast or a new cast depends how dark phoenix does fingers crossed um i'm not overly optimistic but with x-men movies i remain eternally there's a spark of optimism uh, eternally because uh, because I, I generally have loved the cast and the characters even when the material's been very uneven uh and i love the x-men in general so i'm hoping for goodness with dark phoenix but this will allow jo- scarlett johansson a perfectly bow out of this all and you know what a few years ago my after civil war and I thought there'd be more relationship with Emily Van Camp uh, as uh, Sharon Carter, who's the you know niece of uh, Peggy Carter. But of course, that, now Cap went back in time to live an entire lifetime uh, with his love, Peggy, which is great. Now they're saying Emily Van Camp uh, as Agent 13 is going to be in the B- Bucky Sam show, the Falcon Winter Soldier miniseries, six episodes, which I'm so excited about. And Zemo's going to be in it. So that's going to be like a post-Civil War thing dealing with Zemo, maybe some Wakanda stuff, uh, hopefully Agent 13 in there. Uh, Brittany uh, uh, Howarth, uh, Brick Girl, who used to be on the podcast a lot, and I, I still love, and you guys should follow her, Brick Girl, uh, predicted a few years back when we started, maybe two full years ago, she she didn't like the romance. Like most people with Sharon Carter, it seemed weird being Peggy's relative um, and just in general, you know, everyone wants Steve and Peggy and they made it happen in the final uh, Avengers movie. She predicted that she thought uh, sh- that that uh, Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter would make a great match uh, for Bucky, actually. And Bucky being Cap's best friend and the closest thing to Cap, uh, but a much more complicated, emotional guy, actually would work with a, a you know upright, do the right thing, very together, almost a little neurotic, but you know totally in control, has everything together. Sharon Carter, who was who was great, I thought in Civil War, as the person who kept sneaking Cap his shield and other intel that she wasn't supposed to as a CIA agent was fantastic. She always goes to capside illegally just like in the winter soldier you got to love it um and so anyways i thought a couple of years ago post of war that they would do a cap four movie and chris evans has said if they ever want him to come back he probably would um you know he's treating this like it's the end and it was such a happy ending and then we see old cap um and they can always do a cap like story from world war ii or you know fill in some of the history between the avengers and the time he joined shield and winter soldier or whatever they could find something to do or like an old cap logan movie 
excuse me, like they're doing with uh, Jean-Luc Picard now. They look at a very dark character study of a tormented, uh, older, near-death, uh, or, you know, nearing the end of his life, dealing with his legacy, Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart, Star Trek series, which everyone is losing their mind over. I mean, come on, how can you not love that? Um, but, uh, so they could do a Cap, you know, uh, Old Man Logan kind of story. But where I'm going with this is, it, it turns out that... Pe- <laughs> The character that people want more from was one that, you know, is so great but never has enough material because she's like a 1B um, Avenger. She's not one of the big three or big four dudes. Uh, I mean, Hawkeye's had almost no material, which is why they're giving him a series. And he'll probably be in, I would think, the Black Widow movie as the one who converts her to the good guys and brings her to S.H.I.E.L.D. as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent when they he could have killed her in the field as enemies and then he, he turns her. And that would be so great. They have amazing chemistry and it would tie everything together with the Black Black Widow character, um, uh, but the design. But it turns out that Cap Four is really the Black Widow prequel, and you know is, is Black Widow Four or whatever you want to call it after her amazingness in the Avengers and Winter Soldier. And I just said the four Avengers movies and Captain America Winter Soldier are easily my top five. Not a coincidence that Natasha is a major character in all of them, especially the one non Avengers movie where she's basically the co lead with Chris Evans. Uh, and where people really fell in love with her even more than Avengers 1 was was Winter Soldier. So this is the perfect time to do it. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll end um, this quickie um, by just saying that, let's put it this way, for all the problems of Endgame in terms of pacing and just nothing making sense, forget the time travel. You do Back to the Future or Terminator stuff in movies, time loops that don't make sense. You know, you just got to do it. And they made it about characters, as me and Matty G talked about, they made it character-based, and so you don't really think about the mechanics of the time travel, because who cares? It's the fucking Avengers going back in time to the first Avengers movie in 2012, and Thor going back to the Dark World back home, which wasn't destroyed right before his mom dies in the Dark World 2013, and absolutely brilliant. But I'll say... Because between um, in Infinity War, and, I mean, I didn't get enough Strange in, in Endgame. I was worried that we weren't going to get Strange after he was such the, the major and most interesting, in my opinion, character in Infinity War. But he was great in Infinity War. His accent's getting better. He's way more comfortable in the role. Him and, uh, I was going to call him Bruce from The Martian, um, him and Benedict Wong are a great duo. And I hope they do sort of a cosmic uh, alternate reality dimensional stuff, uh, sort of buddy road trip, you know, where they're busting each other's balls uh, long and strange would be absolutely fantastic um i I even tell the swinton was so great in her small but extremely important role as the the time gem holder in 2012 new york who knew that they were from the future immediately which uh in uh end game um so and because i love tom holland and i've loved him in the in the avengers movies and civil war and because i like brie larson I think as Captain Marvel, I was very skeptical about her. A lot of people are still skeptical despite the money. She is a little cold, but I think they've been writing her cold. They need to make Carol all over the place, neurotic, but, you know, um, with an expulsive kind of personality where she just says everything, you know, doesn't have a filter. Maybe a romance with Rhodey, which they teased in Endgame very slightly, but you would notice it if you read the comics. Her and Rhodey are together with their Air Force background, so her and Don Cheadle would be a great couple, you know, in the movies. So I I think they just need to get better writing and let Captain Marvel out of the bag. So if Brie Larson is... Uh, much better than I thought, expected, um, or you know, predicted. And I fully admit that I was wrong. And she was much better. And the fact that she stands out in a movie that was very mediocre. I mean, Wonder Woman was a great movie. It was all about Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, obviously, but it was a much better movie. 
in my opinion, than, than Captain Marvel. Um, but nevertheless, uh, uh, Brie was better than I thought, and she and I thought she'd be better in her small role in Avengers because she'd be getting the Avengers treatment where the writing's always better and the whole team's better, and they still wrote her a little cold, but she was awesome, and she, she will work with the other characters, uh, and so she's... I'm higher on her, so I'm higher on Strange, I'm higher on Captain Marvel, this is all post-Avengers Endgame. I'm way higher on Spider-Man because, like I said, I love Tom Holland and the surrounding cast. Him and Happy are going to be hysterical as Happy sort of adopts him post-Tony dying because Tony was basically, had basically adopted uh, Peter Parker, so now Happy has to sort of take care of him and guide him in the right way because he's been working with Iron Man for over, you know, I guess he's probably been working for the Starks since he was a young guy. Certainly as stressed out as being the Starks driver and, and bodyguard and, and chaperone, you, you would expect uh, someone to be. John Favreau plays it great, so he's going to be hilarious jake gyllenhaal is going to be spectacular as mysterio if the writing's on point because he can go between dark and you know adorable good guy and super dark and weird like nobody's business i talk about scarlett johansson gets in that uh badass assassin role like especially black widow she gets in and out of it like nobody's business doesn't have to do method acting jake might be more of a method actor i don't know he's such a sweet guy in real life but it's often the sweet guys who who are like um, for, um may he rest in peace um, Heath Ledger <clears throat> as the Joker everyone says was one of the nicest guys in real life and he could channel the darkest most horrible uh, horrible, uh, arguably best uh, in terms of most interesting villain in all of comic books in the Joker um, so that it's really the nice guys that are, can challenge it <clears throat> excuse me um uh, channel it, excuse me. Um, uh, but, uh, and so I'm higher on Spider-Man and I'm always going to be higher on Black Panther, especially because they started immediately. Everybody loved it. Shuri's getting her own cartoon series, hopefully voiced by Letitia Wright. Hopefully they'll do a live action Shuri something some point, but I don't think they're going to do live action Shuri guys, because I'm telling you right now, Chadwick Boseman, not as young as you think. He's in his forties and in the comics for long stretches, Shuri becomes the Black Panther. Um, and, uh, I think we're going to see a darker side of, T'Challa, even then we saw at parts in the Black Panther, or just, you know, he won't be sure how to go forward with Wakanda, or he just sort of retires. Now, in the comics, he ends up marrying Storm, um, but he also befriends Luke Cage and comes to the States, but he marries Storm and goes all over Africa and the world with Storm, so maybe that's how they connect it. I mean, the Storm, the young Storm in uh, X-Men is like 22, so that would be a weird relationship, but there's a lot of ways to tie in the X-Men and move things like Black Panther forward, and then make Shuri, who's much younger, and everybody loves already make her the black panther who's an even better black panther you know with, with the movement to make your women i mean between wonder woman and the in dc universe you know wonder woman is isn't as powerful as superman but she's one of their most powerful characters captain marvel is you know so overpowered it doesn't bother me in the movies like it does some nerds because she's so overpowered in the comics as well um which is why you have to balance her out with character flaws so that she doesn't always use her powers in the right way you know like charles xavier who's tormented at various times professor loses his mind you have to find ways to limit these level 10 plus omega um uh, superhero characters as, as they're sometimes called in the mutant universe you got to make her more dimensional more complex better writing whatever i keep saying that about captain marvel i'm crossing my fingers about brie everyone seems to like her despite people spreading false rumors that the avengers cast hates her uh at least to chris evans scarlett johansson um uh tessa thompson who's like obsessed with her and if tessa thompson's obsessed with you then i i'm i'm on board she really loves Brie and other cast members seem to get along with her well so I'm pulling for Brie 
doesn't even matter because the Avengers cast is gone. She's got her own thing over a billion dollar franchise. The second one, if it's good and the MCU is still running on those cylinders, will make more than 1.1 billion, which is what Civil War made with like a thousand superheroes and Captain Marvel with a far inferior movie also makes 1.1 billion. Crazy character no one outside the nerd verse has heard of and a lot of nerds pretend like they know about, but the only thing they know is that Rogue steals her powers and that's how Rogue gets superpowered in the X-Men of the 80s and 90s and, and, and into today. Another X-Men connection they could make there connecting uh some character as rogue uh with i mean anna paquin they should bring back and she's been in stuff she's still a beautiful and amazing actress bring anna paquin back as a little older not a kid anymore and she steals captain marvel's powers which then could lead brie to leave the role for a while and then she could come back if she wants like with the black widow movie i mean there's so many possibilities so basically what i'm saying is I'm high on all these characters and with Black Panther anchoring it and what seems like it's going to be a really good Spider-Man movie in Black Widow to start it off and what will be a bizarre and way overpowered team. I mean, between if you put Shuri with her brains in the Black Panther suit with the skills, I mean, she is so super, uh, even though she's still ground level, unbelievably powerful with the with the fighting and I was going to say adamantium, the vibranium armor and suit. Uh, and of course, you know, her giant brains. She's like on like Iron Man, basically. I mean, she's there. She's clearly Iron Man. You know, she's smarter than Iron Man uh, and younger uh, and much more moral, obviously, morally centered. But when you combine her brains and her technology and using super suit, uh, you know, it will be great to see. Uh, but you put Strange, and then Spider-Man's also ground level, but you put Strange and Captain Marvel together. Strange, who can go between dimensions and loop time. Um, uh, even without the time gem, he's probably going to be able to do it. Maybe that'll be part of Doctor Strange 2. And Captain Marvel, who is, you know, unbelievably powerful. I mean, the only thing you can compare Captain Marvel to is Superman, but she's arguably can do even more. I mean, she seems to hop around the universe and blow up anything she wants with her body at <laughs> any moment. I mean, she blew up the mother, she blew up Thanos' mothership just flying through it um, and she does look great with the mohawk and glowing and so forth when she gets powered I'd love to see more of that from Wonder Woman hopefully Wonder Woman 1984 next summer which I'm very much looking forward to even though I'm disinterested in almost anything else DC on screen unfortunately um, and so to close out um, <clears throat> you know Marvel's still in a much better position I mean when you consider the Sam and Bucky TV show you consider they're doing my dream show from after Age of Ultron which I never thought would happen which is a Wanda Vision, a Scarlet Witch Vision show. I, I mean, I think people will watch it, and it should be romantic and sweet, but also really weird because you have this very disturbed and powerful mutant, basically, in the Scarlet Witch, another X-Men connection um, that we might see retcon slightly that she is the daughter of Magneto, um, and then was experimented on Hydra to keep the continuity going. Uh, but her Vision series, I never saw coming and I'm thrilled about. Uh, there's going to be a Loki miniseries, we think, which will be great because Hiddleston's always great. I wish they did another Night Manager season. I know my dad would. He's obsessed with that series. Uh, It was was great. So, uh, you know, and if they keep Jessica Jones and do some other street-level defenders, you know, rated RTV on Hulu, and then you add the X-Men Deadpool and, you know, hopefully X-Force coming out of Deadpool 2 with, you know, with Hope and Cable and Deadpool, and you add uh, add, um, uh, uh, oh, I'm blanking on her name, who played Lara X-23, and uh, Daphne Keene, who is the lead in the Dark Materials series. Oh, man, it's going to be awesome on uh, Amazon Prime. A great fantasy series. I never got super into it, but the theory, but the ideas behind it, like Wrinkle of Time, are awesome. And doing it as a TV series with a really charismatic young actress who is acts way older than her age and can channel unbelievable emotionality, as we saw in Logan with Daphne Keene. Bring her back as X-23, baby. And you had Psylocke from the X-Men 
universe Olivia Munn who looks and acts just like Psylocke she's so gorgeous hopefully we get more Psylocke uh, but I think they're saving her for the rated R X-Force and so when you combine like I said the X-Universe which has a lot of great you know uh, raw materials um, and even some process materials like hopefully that you know can hold on to Sophie Turner if she doesn't totally die and go crazy as a Dark Phoenix or actresses like her um, and maybe Fassbender Lawrence and, and McAvoy would even stay on to do some roles so Marvel slash I was just to say Disney has so many weapons and with the CW still getting okay ratings but nothing amazing and just like Gotham which people watch because it's the Batman universe uh, sort of but it's totally trashy like even Matt and other people that I talk to watch it like admit that it's trashy um, and then the Ben Affleck disaster with Batman the BVS disaster suicide now I was going to say the Suicide Squad was a disaster but it did make a ton of money and a lot of people love that movie that's a love hate movie I couldn't get through five minutes and they're doing a second one with James Gunn uh, and so it could be good he's the Guardians of the Galaxy guy who Disney fired and then rehired to do Guardians 3 uh, and so he's doing Suicide Squad 2 I think while he's writing the script to Guardians and then he's going to do Guardians 3 in a few years which probably will have Thor in it and I forgot to mention that is that it seems very likely that Hemsworth which is the one guy I've been saying for two three years I've been dreading would be done after uh, Avengers 4 uh, you know at the end of phase three he's like the one guy because he's so young so good looking still has potential for a better Thor movie and now they've connected him he's literally on uh, Chris Pratt Star-Lord's ship at the end of Avengers in an unbelievably awkward and hilarious exchange between two of them uh, over toxic with toxic masculinity over who's going to be in charge with a, uh, overly passive-aggressive hilarious. So I think he's going to be in Guardians and then we're going to get a Thor 4 movie. And so again, my Chris Evans thing on his cap seems less likely, but with Black Widow and hopefully an announcement soon that some sort of Thor movie or appearance is, is nigh, uh, you know, will help keep some of us fans who love the original six Avengers plus Wanda and Vision who are seven to eight, uh, which is great. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is quick civil arrested piece. Very underrated performance, although he's in he's in the star of the new Christopher Nolan's uh, movies, uh, which was a spy thriller, which I'm so excited about. Yay, ATJ. So, yeah. So Disney's got it all. Marvel's got it all. I, I mean, even if Wonder Woman 1984 is spectacular, you know, the DC universe or whatever their universe of DC, whatever they're calling it, just doesn't have the cachet. Um, and so even if Suicide Squad makes money, even uh, Wonder Woman, even if Wonder Woman makes money, it won't be so earth shattering until they find the Batman um, and uh, and either decide to stay with Henry Cavill and give him better writing in all the movies like he did um, with uh, some combination of Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder. He was so much better. He was great in Justice League. You know, I really like Justice League. So in some ways, I'm more on board with DC, even though I hated BVS and Suicide Squad. I love Wonder Woman more than most people. I definitely love Justice League more than most people, even though I think I've only seen it once. But it was a great, uh, uh, you know, first time viewing. Oh, which brings me back to the beginning, and I'll really wrap up, which was most of my favorite Marvel movies... Um, I mean, Avengers was Avengers. I actually didn't see it in theater. By the time I saw it, I had seen Winter Soldier. No, no, no. I must have seen it before Winter Soldier. But I saw it on Blu-ray. I loved it immediately because it's brilliant, obviously. Um, but, but and it's so rewatchable. Winter Soldier, I was blown away because I wasn't expecting Marvel to have the balls to do a movie as pretty violent and, and certainly very adult with adult themes and, you know, violent imagery and, um, you know, Winter Soldier, who was such a great bad guy and whatever, it blew me away. Um, and that's been very 
very rewatchable. Age of Ultron, I saw like seven times in the theater, so that's rewatchable. But most uh, other Marvel movies, including, uh, I always use Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and X-Men Days of Future Past, which came out uh, also in 2014 during that great year with Winter Soldier and Guardians, uh, both Days of Future Past and Guardians 1, which I love now for different reasons and different levels, depending, again, on my mood. I loved so much more on the second and then subsequent viewings than I did on the first, where I wasn't really sure what to make of those movies. Even Doctor Strange, which I saw for a second time on the plane coming over, back from overseas a couple of years ago because I was so fucking bored. Um, I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it much more um, once you get over the origin storyness. Maybe I'll even watch Spider-Man Homecoming at some point. But and the game, Infinity War has actually gotten better with multiple watches for me. I gave it an eight and a half initially, a strong eight and a half. But it moved up to nine and probably nine point two five at this point. Um, Endgame, I think, is going to stay around an eight, eight and a half. But there's so much great character and nostalgia in it that as a first time watching experience, it was like a nine and a half to ten. Uh, but the second viewing was did drag out. And again, it wasn't because of the hours, it, three hours. It was just because the pacing was weird. And, and the first act is really multiple acts that takes too long to get going. Once the time travel starts happening, it's great. But the final battle, you know, again, character moments and deaths and, and so forth were, were, were awesome. But the fighting itself, you know, it all looked better than the looked better than the Chitari in Avengers. It wasn't like all time great. Um, final battle. Um, you know, I think the the various battles at the end of Infinity War were cooler. The final Age of Ultron battle, in my opinion, with the, the flying city of Sokovia and having to kill every single robot so they didn't escape, uh, was 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 the best. Clearly, uh, I mean, clearly for me, and that was the best final battle um but all the avengers movies had their moments and the time travel uh well the mechanics were absurd and i was fine with that the the character building and revisiting our favorite parts of the first uh era and first three phases of the mcu via time travel was brilliant awesome total fan service but it's good to make almost three billion dollars so people saw it a lot of times uh, and it was very emotional at the end at many points well middle with natasha's death and then our suicide i should or you know uh moral morally based suicide i guess you would say um i don't know if that's considered suicide i mean she didn't want to kill herself it was the only way to get the key to unlock the door uh in the orange gem that's an interesting morals uh quandary there we'll have to revisit when we get closer to black widow movie i'll, I'll do a uh full-on actually maybe sooner than that i'll do a full-on natasha romanoff black widow scarlett johansson retrospective because she is so great and she's in all my favorite marvel movies and even in civil war which is still you know in my top 10 easily but had a lot of problems she is great in it she had amazing chemistry with cap as always she's made chemistry with Chadwick boseman who was introduced as the black panther in that movie after being set up with andy circus as claw in uh outside i should say in johannesburg uh but with mentions of wakanda and ultron then we got black panther in civil war they've done a great job of introducing these characters and even dr strange and the mediocre guardians of the galaxy 2 made like 800 million dollars so people are into it um uh, you know the funny part as a side note here to end it is that spider-man homecoming you'd think with the amazing tom holland and moving to the marvel cinematic universe which is big bucks everywhere you'd think spider-man homecoming would have been a slam dunk over um, you know a billion dollars and everyone loves spidey especially this spidey uh, it's interesting to think why well, it'll be interesting to see the new uh, uh spider-man movies box office and, and, and to think about and analyze why spider-man homecoming didn't make nearly as much money as i thought and probably a lot of people thought um, even with, with pretty good reviews and audience reception. But anyways, Marvel's doing amazingly. I can't wait for the Black Widow movie. Um, and, uh, 
you know, and certainly Black Panther 2, and everything else we'll just have to see how it goes. So I don't know, I guess this wasn't so much of a quickie. Eh, 35 minutes, it's, it's mid-level. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this. It's been a great four, uh, four years of podcasting uh, during, you know, the most of the second and all of the third phase of Marvel, even if I haven't loved a lot of the movies. The Avengers movies have been great. Captain America, Black Widow, my two favorite. I could watch those two interact forever. I want more Hawkeye. Hopefully get on TV in the Black Widow movie. And hopefully these new characters will become more appealing to me. I have an open mind. Like I say, when I go to a movie, all my preconceptions, like thinking Brie Larson wouldn't be good and then leaving thinking she was pretty good as Captain Marvel, my preconceptions just fall away. And I'm excited for the future, but I'm also ready for a break. And unfortunately, Star Wars is the franchise i don't really want a three-year break and marvel's the franchise i think could use a year or two off they're clearly not doing that although there could be if you don't count the black widow if you count black widow as an original phase three um phase one two three character uh let's put it this way if you think of black widow as a first era character a character that was in phases one two and three and yes this movie will be during phase four but it'll be a prequel so timeline wise and in terms of just natasha being an old school avenger original avenger um you know feel more like a different phase there could be time uh between the spider-man movie which is weirdly about to come out i think in a month or two um with a great trailer um again the huge man crush on jake gyllenhaal i'm very pumped for that um and break between that and the next marvel cinematic universe movie that's not a fox movie like deadpool or something and is not um, something like Black Widow, uh, which again will end up feeling in, in hindsight in 10 or 20 years, people won't even realize it came out during phase four. They'll have assumed it came out uh, maybe as like the first movie because Scarlett Johansson is ageless, gorgeous, and super unbelievably charismatic and a great actress. God bless you, Scarlett. It's great news. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I go on this forever. I'm going to cut it here. Um, and uh, hopefully I will have uh, Simi uh, and maybe Jedi Geek Girl, who, who you, we've literally only done Star Wars related podcasts. Even when it's about Star Wars Celebration, we've only done Star Wars podcasts and commentaries, but she loved Captain Marvel and then went back and watched all the Marvel movies. So she's all MCU'd up uh, and she loves Carol and she's following my lead and loving Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. And we, you know, we dream about those two tearing the universe down together um, and, and what would inevitably be a lot of semi-friendly, semi-unfriendly insults to one another. So hopefully Jedi Geek Girl will come on to talk and, uh, you know, maybe it will get the Australians and Alistair and Britt out oh, back one of these days to talk comic book movies. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys joining me. Um, it's been a great ride and going to ride it as long as I can, as long as you guys are interested. And, uh, you know, as usual, send me feedback, thoughts, comments, criticisms, whatever. I can take it. Um, and just, you know, hear from you guys and, and let me know what you guys would like to hear more of commentaries, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, or hopefully all of the above and other topics, including philosophy, politics, and sports and so forth. So, thank you so much for joining me you guys have been awesome i have been the bizzle may the force be with you but for now the bizzlecast is out